Today on Season 3, Episode 79 of the Unknown Packers Podcast, we celebrate the one seat by having three of us in the UPP studio. Bryce, Ken, and I are back at it talking Packers football. We talk vibes, we talk X-Factors, we talk offense, defense, and more. The second half kicks off with a special listener giveaway, and we follow up with some fill-in-the-blank and general shenanigans. There's no Packers football this weekend, so sit back, relax, enjoy the other games, and let's see who's making the next trip to Lambeau. And now it's time for one seat on tap. so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! Go back, go! Running isn't everything, but it's the only thing. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. Unknown Packers podcast. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. And let me tell you this, Green Bay is a great town. And welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast for the one seed on tap. And I am no longer peacocking it on these second episode releases. I am with Ken and also Neebles, Three Musketeers, talking Green Bay Packers playoffs and the one seed. How is everyone doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Hey, I'm doing well. It's nice to hear your voice again, Neebles. Ah, thank you. Good to good to be back for the interim here. No kidding. Magician behind the scenes. Now we get you not necessarily in the flesh, but we get to hear your uh the soothing, sexy sounds of Neebles, not only in the intro, but we also get to get your vibes as well. Right off the bat, I mean, we did our 13 and 3 on tap episode, myself and Ken. I'm a little curious with your perspective, Neebles. How are you feeling right now with the Packers, uh, with the one seed? I am feeling darn good, Bryce. It's one of those things where we know the uh, we've known the offense has been clicking this season, just getting better and better. And it's kind of crazy to see every week some sort of new record has been broken, new personal best has been set. That's been awesome. And I think what I'm most excited about is is the defense, how they're coming along. I'm one that has been particularly hard on Petten and his crew this season. You know, pretty much down in the dumps, but. I'm coming back down to earth with that. I mean, they are playing at a high level, and I think they still have a couple weeks to uh, to keep keep improving, and this is going to be a, a squad that's a force to be reckoned with. Right. Who would have thought that uh, we'd be talking about a top-10 defense come end of the season, the way things were going? Okay. Were, they, were they nine? Is that where they yeah. ended up landing? Yeah. Ninth. Yeah. And that was always the story about the Packers for so long, right? They've always been an offensive juggernaut. And if they could just get a top 15, you know, <laughs> we're not even asking for that much. If we can get a top half defense and here we are sitting at number nine within the top 10, you know, the opportunity is there for us to take. One question that's been percolating and we highlighted a little bit in the 13 and three on tap episode and Billy Turner getting a game ball, him supplanting, I guess, more substituting David Bakhtiari after his injury a week ago in practice, that Thursday non-padded practice, the last hurrah for 2020, that last middle finger for 2020, they just had to sneak that in before the the clock struck for the new year. But I'm I'm wondering, can you see Billy Turner through the grind of the playoffs control that left side? I know that he did it a couple times when Bakhtiari was hurt in the beginning of the season. He did a great job against Chicago, but I am wondering 
against some other maybe formidable defenses, do you think he can still not be on the same level as David Bakhtiari, obviously, but do you still think that he can control that left side? I personally think that he has shown enough to prove that he is formidable at the left side. Yeah, Obviously, like you said, he's not going to be a direct fill-in. He's not going to be at the level of Bakhtiari, but I think he is going to be, he's going to hold his own. He has shown nothing. I mean, he'll have his his oopsies here and there. I mean, he had the what the one holding call last week, and then you know allowed allowed the sack. But I believe that was more on Rodgers. I think that's what you said, Ken. But right. mm-hmm. I think that the coaching staff has confidence in him. I have confidence in him. There is no reason for me to believe that he is going to be a disappointment at the position. I think he's going to embrace it. He knows it's playoff football. They have a, it's a special year for them. They have a chance. They have the driver's seat to go to the Super Bowl. And he's going to play lights out for for as long as he can. Well, he's going to have to, right? Yep. Help is not on the way. He's the man. And, you know, if if he's struggling, it, you, they have the opportunity to, you know, maybe put Mercedes Lewis out there a little bit more, bring some tighter tight end formations in, maybe chip with a running back, you know, here or there. They can get creative, but yeah, help is not on the way. You know, the, the guys that are here are going to be the guys that are going to be taking us uh, through this playoff run. Maybe Elton Jenkins slides in there if need be, but me personally, I'm relying heavily on um, on Billy to step up and just kind of be the man on the left-hand side of the line. It's pretty crazy to think, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, right? Definitely. I'd say the, le- the less they have to you know get cute and start moving stuff around, I know uh, LeFleur said something about you know they're going to look at their opponents week to week and kind of shuffle things as need be. I personally don't like that. You know, don't, don't like that mindset. I'm hoping that everybody's just going to stay solid, stay in the position where they are currently. They're not going to have to shift anybody around. No more injuries, knock on wood, and then just be a solid front for the remainder of the playoffs. You would hope. I mean, I think the crazy thing that I've been trying to wrap my mind around is that Billy Turner has gone from a guy that there are quite a few people that were clamoring, "Ah, do we cut him because he's a salary cap casualty? He's getting paid too much." To now being a bargain is what. Ken mentioned in our 13 and three on tap episode, what a bargain to secure a guy on a four-year contract, what $28 million, somewhere around that ballpark. uh, And now is our left tackle and is, is doing a really impressive job. If you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, Hey, David Bakhtiari is going to go down with an ACL injury and Billy Turner is going to be the left tackle and he's going to do just fine. I would have said, you're crazy. Uh, That's the one thing that I keep on thinking about regularly is like, I just hope the other shoe doesn't fall. I hope that he can continue. I mean, he hasn't given me any reason to believe that he will decline, but that's just the one, that's the one area we talked about X factors when we were prepping for this episode. And that's probably one of my biggest X factors is Billy Turner, that left side, essentially both the bookends when you're looking at Wagner and, and Billy Turner, I think as long as they are Doing what they have been doing, I think that the Packers are in the driver's seat when it comes to the NFC, and then probably are either 1A or 1B in terms of the top two teams in the NFL, for sure. It's funny that you mentioned X-Factors, and that you're talking about Billy Turner. We didn't compare notes, but that's where my mind was heading at, too. You know, we've talked about it a little bit, but when you brought up uh, Rick Wagner as well, think about it. The guys that we are now relying on is anchoring this line on the left side and the right side were the two kind of almost misfits this off season. Like, Oh, <laughs> Billy Turner, he shouldn't even be back. He's a bum. And then, you know, all oh, they, they signed, you know, Rick Wagner off the scrap. He cut from the lions. 
hopefully he doesn't have to come in and do anything. And mm-hmm. I think Rick Wagner's played like over 66% of the snaps along the offensive line in both mm-hmm. a starting and like a, a reserve spot coming in off of injuries. And those guys, these guys that just a few months ago were like, ah, we really hope that they don't have to be relied on too much. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they, they are, they, they, they are the last line of defense, if you will. And they're going to have to step up, and I think we've seen it so far this season. I feel good, I, I, but I think that is definitely that's one of the X factors the of how well the bookends will play because I think uh, the interior line is great. Knock on wood, nothing's going to happen injury-wise. The other second one is sort of what Nebel's mentioned as well as Ken, too, is the defense. They've just been peaking at the right time. The philosophy was always Ben don't break. And I don't even know if that's applicable anymore. I, I think this is a really good defense. Uh, they've got the playmakers on both sides. But you were always wondering, I mean, it wasn't too long ago where the secondary was atrocious. And now you're right. looking at that safety duo. You're looking at the cornerbacks, and you're thinking, wow, we've got some playmakers. Uh, pretty crazy to think that you have an undrafted free agent rookie excelling at that middle linebacker position, he does not seem to be performing at a rookie level, uh, not only just an undrafted free agent rookie. But that's probably the second X factor coming in is, does this defense continue to peak? I mean, Rodgers finally has, like Ken mentioned, a, a top, not only a top 15, but a top 10 defense. It just seems that the stars are aligned for a great playoff run at Lambeau. Lambo mystique, I think LaFleur brings it. It wasn't too long ago where any time a playoff team would come to Green Bay, they would lose. And then Michael Vick ruined that. And we've been sort of trying to reclaim that mystique ever since Michael Vick ran wild on us uh, 20 years ago. But I think we're going to get it back. Just LaFleur's mindset, how he approaches the game, I think on both sides we have leaders, captains. It's crazy to think how great this team is when there was a virtual offseason, no OTAs, uh, no preseason, uh, they were a prime regression candidate, which we talked about in the 13 and 3 on tap episode. But it, it's wild to think that this defense is good and you have Rodgers at an MVP level. And then you have uh, these two, what Ken mentioned, misfits, I guess, for lack of a better term, at bookends. If you would have told me all that at the beginning of the season, I would have said you're crazy. Uh, so it's pretty hard to wrap my mind around. I mean, I'm thrilled what we're experiencing right now, but it, it's it really is a special, unique season for the Green Bay Packers. For sure, for sure. And uh, so we're do we're continuing on with X factors. I'm assuming. Do I get oh, for sure? Mind? I just do inserted I X factors. I I just went in. Well, let's roll. Let's roll. Well, you guys know I like plunge, to get, baby. I get I get a little wild sometimes with my. Uh, with my my stuff here, so it's probably going to be a tight end, right? Oh, uh, you know what? I thought about it, but it's not actually. I'm, <laughs> I'm going with the, the the defensive side of the ball, believe it or not. Now, I know Bryce, you have mentioned several times that uh, you, the Tavon Austin signing had that kind of Desmond Howard feel to it. Uh, you know, on the on the Packers Super Bowl run back in '96. Uh, my X factor is going to be kind of along those same lines, and I'm going to go with uh, with snacks. Oh, you know, snacks. You know, he has obviously he hasn't been here very long, but snacks to me, like like the Tavon Austin has a Desmond Howard feel to you. I kind of have the the Howard Green feel um, of the Ooh. of the snack signing back in the 2010 Packers Super Bowl run. I, I was kind of looking through, and I, I did happen to notice, coincidentally or not, after they signed Howard Green. That seemed to be when B.J. Raji had his most productive year. 
And I think that's going to have a positive effect on Kenny Clark. You're going to get that real true big guy up front with Kenny Clark. Good run stopper. If you think about it, Kenny Clark really hasn't had that that premium big guy up front with him, you know, of any sort of significance since Mike Daniels. I mean, no offense to the other guys, but they just haven't had that, you know, he hasn't had that prime name, that that good of a player. So I, I think Snacks is going to come in. He's got a couple more weeks to get out, acclimated to the system, and he's going to allow Petten to kind of loosen us up almost and do some more things. You're not going to have to worry about having an extra guy in the line. You know, Snacks is going to, as propensity to take a double team, Kenny Clark is going to take a double team, and then you got you know either Gary or the Smiths on the outside going to be able to get to the quarterback more. That's going to allow you know some more freedom between the uh, the, the linebackers. That's going to allow Savage to do a little bit more roaming. I think it's going to open up a whole lot more possibilities for this defense. It's going to you know Patton's going to be able to play the defense that he wants to play because I think now that you do add snacks in there, one less worry on the defensive line. Everybody else has been playing well. He has all the all the, the the toys and the tools that he needs. I think this defense with the addition of snacks is just going to go up, up, up. You know, through uh, through the Super Bowl. I like it. And what he does, you know, he he allow or snacks being on this team. What it allows the defense is to be flexible. Yep, yep. Because you mentioned it, there really hasn't been that that run stuffing that um, guy besides Kenny Clark. You know, Kenny mm-hmm. Clark. He can provide the the disruption, the pass rush, and he's also great against the run, but he can't do it all himself. Right. And like you mentioned, the other guys, you know, on the roster this year just haven't really been up to the task. You know, it's one of those needs that I think a lot of Packer fans are looking at this past offseason. Like, we gotta get Kenny Clark some help. And it just really didn't come through. And you know, the pass rush along the line, you, know, you got guys guy like Kiki, mm-hmm. or you get creative, you get Zadarius coming in, lining up with his hand on the dirt, being flexible there. They've been able to pivot really well and do creative things against the pass. But what Snacks does is you can now stack heavy against the run without having to, you know, move guys around too much. You just right. substitute one in. And now, now what do you do? Right. And it allows you to be a little bit more well rounded and really offer a little bit more oomph that we really haven't seen for you know 15 games uh leading into this uh last week against the Bears. Right. And it, and it allows it's going to allow Petten to kind of play some more uh d- you know more defensive backs people on the back end because you don't need to have an extra lineman up front. You know, if you're play, playing a team like New Orleans who has the threat of the run yet will do the you know like to like line up three wideouts well, that's where we get into situations before is, you know, where do we take from? Now that we have snacks on the line, you know, we can we can still play the run and have more freedom, like you said, to to get a little bit more creative on the back end and stop the pass as well. So I think it's a I think it's gonna be a huge addition. What a gift. Like what a gift to get that type of acquisition right at the tail end of the regular season as we're getting into playoff football. That's another thing that it, it just amazes me that we were able to get him in and then have him suit up and actually play against the Bears and play actually pretty well. Um, I love that X Factor pick. Yeah, thanks. I mean, he was adding one more thing. A lot of people were kind of questioning his, you know, his motivations. But I was reading that it was 24 hours from when he was released to when he was practicing with the Packers. That's how serious he is about you know, coming in and playing and making this run. So, you know, kudos to him. That I think that's motivated. awesome. Yep, exactly. Right. Well, I think a lot of that, and I kind of fell into that camp was. The Packers made it not much of a secret that they were trying to pursue him all mm-hmm. year, right? Yep. They gave him several offers. He said no several times, and he wanted to go play out west. And then Seattle's like, ah, oh, we don't need you this week. And he's like, well, then cut me. So it, it 
that kind of that drama leading up to it was one of those things like, okay, well, will he even play in Green Bay? You know, right. <laughs> he had the opportunity all year and he said no a couple times. And then he also was like, I'm not doing this waiver wire thing. I'm going to go where I want to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when he got claimed, I'm like, okay. But the, yeah, guy was on the plane. He's like, okay, let's do this. Let's go. Aaron Rodgers, uh, win me a Super Bowl, please. Like, <laughs> How crazy. When, when we're talking, I mean, I mentioned, you know, the defense. I mentioned Billy Turner as well. Uh, when we were talking about X factors, the the one real big X factor that I think sort of very similar to snacks, but on the opposite side of the football is Dominique Daphne scoring his first touchdown. It's crazy to think that he's a rookie. Uh, this is a guy that uh, was not drafted, went through the undrafted free agent pool, wasn't selected, finally was uh, brought in by the Indianapolis Colts during training camp, cut 13 days later, and then we brought him back in October and he finally got to see his first touchdown and then that sequence where he was able to uh, stop Corderell Patterson in his tracks on, off that kickoff. This is what Wes Hockowitz, he just released an article on Dominique Daphne about that F position where you're looking at a guy that plays H-back, plays fullback, plays tight end, can be a wide receiver as well, does a little bit of everything. That position is so key for Coach Lafleur. It's so key that they spent a third-round draft pick on that same type of player in Josiah DeGuara, who was excelling before he went down with an ACL injury. You also had John Lovett, his understudy, who was also doing a really good job. He fell down with an ACL injury. I think that Dominique Daphne, I think we're still scratching the surface. And from what I read in that article was that this guy is, is not a scared, timid type of person. He's very confident in his ability uh, the lights aren't too bright for him. He's not going to be in awe. You kind of saw that in the the Sunday 3 o'clock or 325 showdown with the Bears. And then on top of that, following up with that beautiful special teams tackle on that kickoff to uh, essentially stop any sort of return by Corderell Patterson. I think we're going to see a little bit more of him because that position is so vital. So that is my actual X-factor pick is I think we're going to see what Josiah DeGuara possibly could be doing had he not gone for an ACL injury. But I think Dominique Daphne definitely has a spot, not only on this roster, but I do think that he could stuff the stat sheet a little bit come playoff time. Another Sycamore, the mighty Sycamores. No kidding. It's crazy to think that he's a rookie. We should have seen it coming, Bryce, you and your uh, <laughs> your love for the tight ends and especially the Sycamores. But he's a guy, Daphne, that's really intriguing. And I've been mm-hmm. saying for a little bit, he might be the 2021 version of what Mercedes Lewis is on this team. And again, there's no one for one replacing a Mercedes Lewis, but he could be more like Daphne's a big man. He's not as big as he's not like the get off the bus first type of guy like Lewis is, (laughs) but he, he's a, he's a big dude. And I, I could see him maybe facilitating that type of blocking type of role on this offense next year, or at least be in, in the um, the conversation for that, um, I've seen that now for a few weeks. I was surprised, just you know, he's been up on the active roster now three or four weeks, and mm-hmm. just seeing him getting a lot of snaps right off the bat. Usually, those guys who kind of are that number 52, 53 guy on the roster, you don't see their name called too often. But I saw him all over the field for the past couple of weeks, and it's just always kind of been keeping my eye on him. So I, I like that. That's an intriguing X factor pick. For and sure, yeah. Crazy to yeah. think. Yeah, he's a rookie, and uh, he's uh, he was actually the Packers' plan C. So to have him come yep. out and play like he did, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, 
Like I said, it's another one of those guys that uh, the lights aren't too bright for him, and I think he's going to be pretty fun to watch. I couldn't gr- agree more. It's been great to have myself, Ken, and Niebles for this first half. We've got another second half coming right up right after this commercial break. Go Pack Go. This episode is brought to you by Sonic Transformation. Check us out at www.sonictransformation.com. Sonic Transformation, your sound refined. Go, Pat, go! And we are back with the second half of the one seed on tap. We talked X-Factors in the first half. We welcomed the soothing, sexy sounds of Nebels, the magician behind the scenes in We've got another unveiling for you all. Nebels, what are you excited to share with our faithful followers and listener base? All right. Well, this is a a two-parter here. Uh, First is we've been having issues with Google Podcasts, one of our platforms where we can be heard, where for whatever reason, they haven't updated one of our episodes for uh, probably a good year and a half, two years now, which is ridiculous. And it's taken me quite some time. Finally got that all straightened out. Yay. Finally, we're back on Google Podcasts. So check us out there. And then- uh, we also just recently quietly hit our 1,500th follower on Twitter, so that's pretty exciting as well. So in honor of both of those events, we had posted a giveaway for a Google Nest Mini system, the little little mini speaker smart home device. So hopefully you'll be able to say, hey, Google, play the Unknown Packers podcast, and we'll pop right back on there. To enter, you had to be following us and post your favorite player. So I had compiled a list today of all the entrants, and I'm going to go ahead and quote-unquote live on this show, draw our winner. Um, How I'm doing that is I just assign everybody a random number, pulled up a random number generator on the old phone here, and whatever it comes up with, that will be the winner. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll go from there. So I'm going to go ahead and... Hit the old generate button here and see what we come up. Drum roll, please. All right. So I came up with the random number is 16. Let me check the list. Number 16, we have Jake the Snake 32. So that's at Jake the Snake 32. Congratulations, Jake. Hopefully you will uh, hear this (laughs) bit of the podcast and shoot us a DM to claim your prize. We'll get it sent out to you. So, yeah, congrats. Awesome. Congratulations, Jake the the Snake. Snake. And uh, thank you all for us hitting 1,500 followers. Uh, We're going on year four coming up in 2021, going on two years with myself and Nebels, and going on a year with all three of us, myself, Ken, and Nebels. So really excited to see where the Unknown Packers podcast will go in 2021. And for this second half, we're going to do some fill-in-the-blank questions and wrap up with the one seed on tap. But Ken, why don't you take it away with the fill in the blank right off the bat? All right. I got a good one here for you boys. Um, so think, looking at this offense, the most important skill position outside of quarterback, of course, in Matt LaFleur's offense is blank. So your choices are going to be your running backs, your mm-hmm. tight ends, or your wide receivers. Oh I'm going to say the F position, what I just talked about with Dominique Daphne. I think it's pretty clear that he wants that type of player on his offense. I mean, they went out and scouted him, brought him in. They spent a third-round draft pick in Josiah DeGuara. John Lovett was a, a popular 53 
uh, man roster prediction, I also thought because of that focal point of that fullback position. I mean, Danny Vitale, the meatball, was supposed to be that guy, but you could tell that you know he was a day late, dollar short in some areas, especially when it came to finding the end zone, which I know that Coach Lafleur had talked about in his post game press conferences. So they go out and get to Guara. So I think that F position, I think that is really a huge focal point of Coach Lafleur. Well, Evils, what do you think? Oh man, that's a that's a real tough one. I mean. I like the uh, I like the your choice there, Bryce. Thank you. Oh yeah, no problem. Uh, man, it, it, that's a tough one. It, it's like I can, you can go to the running back because it's always been assumed that Matt Lafleur was going to convert this into a run first offense. You know, it kind of opens up things for the offense, and then you have you know the the receiver group with Tay having such success this year. Holy smokes! I don't even I don't even know. I don't even know. <laughs> Welcome right. back, and we just well, throw yeah, you no in the right. <laughs> Well, I'll jump in. Like, I don't even have an answer either. Um, I don't know. It just kind of came to me. I was sitting here thinking, and then, you know, I went to – I'm like, well, I wonder what I what, what could have been. I went to Pro Football Reference to see if there's anything that jumped off the page in terms of, you know, stats or that, that would say one way or another. Obviously, this is not an offense like we're used to seeing under Mike McCarthy, right, where you spread four or five wide and you say, okay, go beat your guy. And we'll throw to the wide open guy, you know, dude. And then occasionally we'll hand it off to the running back. That's not this offense. Everyone gets involved. I, it's it's hard to say what's the most important. I think in a passing league, I think your stud wide receiver, I think you need a number one. And obviously we have that in Devante. But after that, I think it's pretty even yeah. with how how they're used. And I think that's what makes this offense so dangerous and so kind of easy and simple to run is that it's not necessarily based off of one-on-one beating matchups. It's everyone, you can scheme anyone open at any given time. And it's, it's intriguing, right? With the tight end position, that that H back position Mm -hmm. being uh, the resources being spent there, the guys being called up onto this team time after time, we've seen it time, time again, love it again, was a guy who, didn't make the roster, but was active week one and two off the practice squad elevations. They wanted that type of guy. And then he went down, you get, you know, Daphne coming up and uh, among other people, this entire season and DeGuara going down. It's, I think I might give the slight nod to the, you know, the tight end position. That's if I think about it that way, that's exactly along the same lines. I was thinking, I was going to say more of my, I don't want to say the most important, but the position group that I've been the most impressed with and, and excited about has been the tight end position. You know, Bryce, I've always been hyping up the tight ends and just always been frustrated with how, you know, Graham was used last year and how the, the tight end was used in general mm-hmm. in this offense. And this year, it just seems like it's a, it's a whole nother animal. It, it, the use big of Bob, uh, Big Bob, it's just completely opened things up for everybody else. And you know, tight end is definitely my, my favorite position uh, this year and the one I've been clamoring for them to use the most. And yeah, pretty. I don't know if they're mo- the most important, but definitely I have been the most impressed with the uh, with the tight end usage compared to, to years past. It's like night and day in in how they're used and what mm-hmm. they're doing for the offense. I mean, we, right. We also have Sternberger think, too to think about. Yeah, yeah. If he can ever get healthy with his concussion issues, he's another third round draft pick, high draft capital guy that just hasn't been healthy this year and then his rookie year last year. So excited to see if he can actually stay healthy and contribute on the field. If he does, you've got. Uh, a nice problem to have with that tight end core. Right. I'll say just one last thing on that. I think it also solidifies or at least sheds some more light on that comment that 
that Goody had after the draft saying, you know, we got to a certain point in the second round where it just wasn't worth it to mm-hmm. get a wide receiver because there wasn't going to be anyone on this that was going to be making a significant impact this year on this team. And I think a lot of people heard that and they're like, oh, okay, well, you're making excuses. But then you kind of look in the rearview mirror and you're like, oh, th- there's some credence to that. They, yeah. They're relying on a lot more than maybe what we're used to seeing in terms of the, the positions having to step up. I love your fill in the blank questions too. I mean, I think it's spot on. And I think I probably would have struggled a little bit more with that question had uh, Wes Hockowitz's article that just released on, on Wednesday, January 6th about Dominique Daphne. And it was really compelling about the emphasis of that F position, you know, the hybrid H-back tight end. The cool thing about Dominique Daphne uh, is that he ran a lot of wildcat in college at Indiana State. So a guy that can also run the ball too. So he, there's another element to him that I think that we haven't tapped into yet is the potential of him running the football, rushing the football. Not saying that Look you're going to pull Rodgers out and put him in wildcat, but there could be a possibility of getting another big-bodied rusher like Daphne. So I think he, he he's a really compelling, unique player that I think we're scratching the surface on. I got my fill in the blank. You guys all ready? I'm ready. Oh, boy. All right. Is Nebel still here? I, I think so. Can you hear me? All right. Just wanted to make sure. Just wanted yeah, to make sure. I'm here. All right. I'm hiding, though. <laughs> so compared to all the other I'll, – I'll, I'll keep this succinct with Aaron Rodgers-led Packers playoff teams. What is – different about this Packers team. The 2020 Packers team is blank compared to the other Aaron Rodgers-led playoff teams. Oh, man. I'll go. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say loose. Ooh. Loose and relaxed. You know, it just seems like uh, this is the first time in, in, in several years that I've seen Rodgers out there looking like he is having a good time. Everybody's just out there looking like they're playing, uh, having fun, playing Sandlot ball. You, know, you kind of got that feeling with, with five years ago. He always looked like he was having fun. Rodgers was like that for a while, and then it kind of waned, and he was perceived to be you know, in his downfall, his downward spiral, whatnot. But then something about this year, he just looks like he's out there having a blast, love, loving playing football again. And that kind of attitude, that kind of energy is rubbing off on the teammates, and, and I think that's what's, uh, what's setting him apart from, from teams of the past. I like it. Wow, this is a tough one. I'm you kind of got me here, like I got Nebels last time. But <laughs> if I'm trying to find a word, I might use a word I used in the, our thirteen and three episode that we had earlier. Um, efficient. Mm. This team, this offense in particular, is just very. It's it's odd. It, it's 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 not like what we're used to seeing in the past. You know, kind of back to my questions. Like we're not seeing the four and five wide receiver sets where it's okay, let's hook the ball 25 yards on the field over and over and over. And, you know, put up these gaudy, gaudy numbers. What was it in against the bears? Rogers had 19 completed passes and four of them were touchdowns. And it was like 250 ish yards is under 300. He doesn't have to be just blowing up the stat sheet for this team to run very efficiently and on all cylinders. And that's, it's also with, the running game. You, you got three weapons uh, in the backfield now proven that they can kind of get it done at any given point. Kind of disappointing we didn't see my boy A.J. Dillon mm-hmm. get the re-showcase himself after his breakout game against, uh, you know, what he didn't get the chance against the Bears. But I would say efficient is is how I would uh, tackle that one. 
And I think that's a perfect way to, uh, I'm going to piggyback off of yours, Ken, when you're talking about, you know, A.J. Dillon, you know, last week uh, against the Titans, him having that great game, 120 plus yards, two touchdowns. And then you're expecting him to sort of compound that against the Bears. And then his, his carries were, you know, woefully low compared to what he got against Tennessee. The thought that came into my mind is they're diverse. You know, mm-hmm. they, they can they can they can beat you in a variety of different ways, not just on offense, but on defense too. And I, I think that as long as they can minimize those warts on special teams, I don't see anyone getting in the way of the Green Bay Packers personally, outside of them. Uh, I think this is the most holistic, well-rounded team that that I've watched in, in a maybe ever to be quite honest, considering the odds, you know, stacked up against them this off season, the whole drama about trading up and drafting Jordan Love a year ago, will LaFleur and Rodgers come together and play? Is Rodgers coachable? Is Rodgers liked? All these different narratives, all these different clickbait sort of stories. And they just kept their heads down and grinded and worked. And now you're seeing the results of that that fruitful work, twenty-seven and seven, for Coach Lafleur, twenty-six and six in the regular season, and one and one in the playoffs. Uh, it's really impressive to see. But I think they're diverse, and not only offense and defense, but I think Coach Lafleur as well. I think he can get you in a lot of d- different ways as well. Personally, I think that he still has not unveiled uh, some plays up his sleeve that I think that are going to surprise some people come playoff time. I think again, the Green Bay Packers are peaking at the right time. And in certain areas, they're just scratching the surface. I think they can even be better, which is a scary thought. I like it. I like it. I can do a, a quick fill in the blank for you fellas. I'll give you a real, a real, uh, a real can of corn here. Okay, you ready? <laughs> real easy one. The the next former Green Bay Packer to be inducted to the National Football Hall of Fame will be blank. Ooh. Well, I think I think there's two. Yep. Mm-hmm. That are are uh, shoo-ins. I think you got our our boy friend of the show, uh, Leroy Butler, mm-hmm. finally making it in a few decades too late. And then um, maybe I'll leave Bryce to say the the other name. Yeah, with uh, I mean the finalists with uh, Charles Woodson and mm-hmm. Leroy Butler. I I wonder with Leroy. I think he is an automatic lock outside of you know the fifteen. Uh, finalists, what what are the, they'll whittle that down to? I think the bylaws are that there's no cap, but typically anywhere from four to eight get inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and the cap is five. When you're looking at that list, you would think that Charles Woodson is a is an automatic lock. You would think that Leroy Butler should already be in. So mm-hmm. it it really is perplexing mm-hmm. how the committee views him because. Uh, you know, some of the statistics that he had, I mean, he completely transformed and revolutionized the safety position. You had Steve Atwater that got in and compared to Leroy Butler, his statistics completely blow Steve Atwater out of the water. Uh, when you're looking at Charles Woodson, he clearly is one of the most dominant players to ever play the game. It would have been really wild to see if he could have played both ways like he did in college. Um, not only was he a great defensive player, but he was a great offensive player too. Uh, Rodgers went on to say that he's the savviest and and most talented player that he's ever been around. The ability to diagnose routes in real time, to be able to you know flash in disguise. I think Woodson is 
is a lock. Yeah. With Leroy Butler, he gets closer and closer each year. I feel like this is the year where we get two in. It has to be. It has to be. You would think. You would think. In terms of like current NFL players or or current Green Bay Packer players, I mean, you've got Aaron Rodgers, which is a a no-brainer. I'm going to go Devontae Adams, too. Oh, nice. Ken mentioned this in our 13-3 and on tap episode. I think that... When it's all said and done, you're gonna you're gonna see him enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I, once he mentioned that, it, it it's stuck with me. I, I've been thinking about that ever since. So I I think Woodson, and you gotta think Butler is in. This is the year, 2021. This is the year where he gets in. It is perplexing why he hasn't been in. Exactly. And that's the one thing that kind of gnaws at me is like, well, there's a reason why he hasn't been in. We don't know why that what that reason is, but the committee does. So are they going to use that excuse again? I hope not. Uh, I shot a message to Leroy congratulating him, wishing him a happy new year, um, really rooting for him. And Charles Woodson, I mean, I named my dog after him. So uh, <laughs> big fan of Charles Woodson. Yeah, for sure. I just want to see where you guys stood on that. I mean, I knew they were both finalists. And you, know, you said there's some reason why Leroy keeps getting held out, which I, I don't quite understand. I agree. I, I feel like Woodson is a lock to get in. Uh, Leroy will get there eventually, and uh, hopefully they both get in this this year. I would love that. Oh, that'd be that would be awesome. So, see, in my mind, you know, I I I just can't see a way that Leroy doesn't make it this year. You know, last year just seemed like okay. There's some other names that maybe get in over him, but now it's you know it's his turn. But again, we've been thinking that for years and years. Mm-hmm. But so when you at you know when you ask that question right away, Nevels, I'm like, well, of course they're both getting in. But if I had to, you know. One or the other. Come up with one. If I had to come up with one, yeah, I think Woodson's the, the safer bet. But sure. you know, for me, it's one A, one B. Like I, I, I it's it's got to be both of them for sure. Love to fill in the blank questions, and as we wrap up, one seed on tap. Packers do not play this weekend. We get to sit back. Ken, you mentioned this in the thirteen and three on tap episode. We get to sit back and just watch some playoff football. So as we wrap up, what are your thoughts? As we enter in this new playoff structure and the Green Bay Packers, the one seed, we can just sit back, relax, and watch everyone else duke it out. I just want to watch some good football. Um, I don't even know who I'd want to root for in terms of the next opponent. If the Bears win, they automatically play the Packers. Mm-hmm. But what, seeding-wise, is it more li- you know, most likely that Washington or uh, Tampa Bay might be coming to town? Right. At least from the seeding standpoint. So... I don't know. I'm just going to try and sit back and soak in as much much of the games as I can. Yep. I'm kind of the same way. I'm just looking forward to that nice, stress-free weekend of football. And whoever's coming to Lambeau, good luck to you. <laughs> I love it. And I mentioned this uh, in the last episode, but the NFC records against playoff teams this year, you got the Packers with 4-2, and two, Rams 4-2, and two, Saints 3-2, and two, Seahawks 2-2, two and two, Washington 1-4, and four, Buccaneers 1-5, and the Bears, one and six. Uh, looking forward to the playoffs. Cannot wait to record next week as we figure out who our opponent is in the divisional round of the playoffs. Any last comments before we bid adieu? Nothing from me, man. Just, <laughs> just waiting. Nothing. I, 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 I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I, I can't wait for these playoffs to get here and to have uh, another run through Lambo, hopefully on the way to the Super Bowl, buddy. I love it. Yep. And, uh, it's been good chatting with you fellas. It's been a long time. It's kind of nice not uh, hiding behind the computer screen and actually be able to do a little talking. So maybe we can do it again sometime. 
I would love it. This Absolutely. was fun. This was fun. I hope everyone else enjoyed the one seed on tap episode. Enjoy the playoffs this weekend. Sit back, relax, be safe, be healthy, and eat some good food. Go Pack Go. I am Bryce Christensen. I'm Nebels. And I'm Ken Ingles. And this is the Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unknown Packers, as well as Facebook, Instagram, the Unknown Packers podcast. You can check us out on our website, theunknownpackers.com, and a variety of different podcast platforms as well. You can also say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers podcast. That's right. We're friends with Alexa. Go Pack Go. This podcast was edited and produced by Sonic Transformation. Sonic Transformation. Your sound, refined.